Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. How many is ready for the Word today? How many is ready for the Word today? You ready for the Word today? All right, it's a little bit Christmas. Won't you stand with me? Open your Bibles over to Luke chapter 1. We are... We have come out of a kingdom series, and we're going to go right into talking the next few weeks about Christmas. Christmas, uh, again, as our brother just, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to him, uh, is a season for miracles. And uh, we're going to focus on, on that today. I just wrote this little intro. Listen, as you go to Luke chapter 1, uh, this time of year, we hear all about the characters of the Christmas story. Uh, we, right, we hear uh, in, in Christmas plays. Uh, and I miss our kids' choir. I miss some of the things that we uh, normally do at Christmas. But next year. Anyway, in, in plays, there's a lot of parts to go around. Mary, Joseph, angels, the wise men, shepherds, even Elizabeth and Zacharias, which we're going to look at today. Uh, Simeon, Anna. But every year, no matter how the story is told, there's one key participant that is almost never talked about. And that is the Holy Spirit. We have dozens of carols and songs that central around the shepherds and the angels and all of them, but very few, if any, sing about the work of the Holy Spirit. And we Pentecostals tend to think that the Holy Spirit made his debut in the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. But as we're going to see over the next few weeks, and Luke specifically shines a spotlight on it, that the Holy Spirit was involved in the entire Christmas story. The Holy Spirit is involved in every area of our life right now. Those of you that may be watching right now, and you, this has been a, a crazy year for all of us, and you're like, how, how do you, I, I just need some peace. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to be honest with you. i got some peace inside of my heart throughout this year. Man, we've, we've taken some hits, absolutely, even our family right now recently. But I tell you what, even my mom and all of us, we've got this peace that just, I can't even describe to you house it's like feeling safe and being in a strong tower and some of you that might sound sound foreign to you and you're like how do you have that i have it we have it by the holy spirit and we want to help you that's what the church is here to do is to show you how you can have that peace you can have that joy you can have that power you can have that contentment when everything else is going crazy around you it's the holy spirit so i almost called it the pentecostal christmas this series but i don't want to highlight a denomination because the Holy Spirit is not a denomination it, when you get to heaven it's not going to be Pentecostals to your right non-Pentecostals to your left it ain't going to be like that it's, it's the, whole, the Holy Spirit is not a denomination he is a third person of the Trinity the Christmas story is fully Trinitarian it's God the Father who is God the giver Jesus Christ who is God's Son his gift and the Holy Spirit, he is the gatherer. He is the worker. He's the agent that mysteriously was working throughout the Christmas story in ways that we may not have ever noticed, but we're going to talk about it today. So I want to title this The Spirit of Christmas for the next few weeks. The Spirit of Christmas. And I want the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life. And today I'm going to just minister to us today a little bit about uh, some things that may be going on in our life and how you're feeling as we look at Zacharias and Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. 
says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Someone say blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Somebody say barren. And they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of the division, there were so many priests in those days that they would, were on a rotation. And it was so many that it was common for a priest to only have the opportunity to serve as high priest once in a lifetime. This is his moment to serve. According to the custom of the priest, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. So this is a big deal. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of the incense in the deep parts of the tabernacle. It's only Zacharias and the angel. They're all alone. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, that's for somebody today. You will have joy and gladness for many, and many will rejoice at what God's getting ready to do in your life. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with, here it is, the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. That's never happened before. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before Jesus in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and, and make uh, ready for people uh, to be prepared for the Lord. I want to focus there on the beginning of that story in verse 6 and 7 entitled today, Blameless but Barren. Blameless, you may be blameless, before God, righteous before God. The church is righteous before God, but yet you can also be barren. What does that mean today? Holy Spirit, thank you for saving this story for us to look at in 2020. And Lord, you speak today. You're just as real today as you, you were in those days. And you're looking, you're looking for people today, not only who may have barrenness in their life, but you're looking for Zacharias and Elizabeth's today. And Father, let us gain some insight today as we look into your word. Have your way, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. Barren, blameless, but barren. I love uh, the Christmas time of year. Hopefully, we did our best. Do you like the Christmas look today? Amen. How many like that today? Amen. You, you can think. Amen. Go ahead. It's uh, Melinda and Lindsay, uh, the, even the, the, big, the big boy up there, uh, which I couldn't watch him get up there. It was kind of scary. But uh, trying our best to have a little bit of Christmas this year and uh, to kind of bring some joy. I know it makes people feel better. I love this time of year. I love watching the Christmas movies and all of that uh, and things like that. that has, but really what, uh, as I said earlier, that has kept me just making it through this year is the Holy Spirit. 
my relationship with the Holy Spirit and my uh, regular uh, pattern of faith that I continually make sure I, I, I wait for him and I spend time with him. I spend time in the word and, and just he gets me through this. This is how we've made it. We're all tired of what's been going on, but we're believing God that we are turning the corner and 2021 is going to be a better year. Come on, somebody. Uh, how many's believing for a better year? Amen. If not, then you're, you, you need some prayer today. Amen. Uh, this, this has been enough. But uh, 2020 has been tough on all of us. And here's the point. It might have caused some barrenness to hit both the world and the church. And uh, I just want to minister a little bit on that today as I title this message, uh, Blameless but Barren. So what do you mean by barren? What does the word barren? Well, barren, if you look it up in the Greek here, uh, when it talks about a mother being barren, it, it, the word there actually means to be without child, obviously, but it also can mean miscarry. It can mean not able to bring to fruition. I mean, it's a, that's what that word barren means, and we understand that that is a reality today in this fallen world, and I uh, have a family in our church who experienced that here real recently and been ministering to them, and they are they are making it, and they're and as they said, they're making it only by the Holy Spirit, and uh, so we realize that that's a that's a real thing. But sometimes we focus just on that. But the Scripture talks that about barrenness being greater than that. You can have a barren land. You can have a tree that is barren. So the word barren today. Uh, it means to have little or no fruit, to be unproductive. It means to be without result or achievement. Barren can mean silent. It, it can mean uh, without achievement. It can mean silent. And this year has been one of those years, and both for the world and for the church, as I said where there is God is moving in, in one area of our life. How many has experienced that? How many has experienced God moving in one area of your life, but in another area of your life, it's like he's not even there? How many know what I'm talking about today? What that is, that is a barren area. That is barrenness in an area of your life. That, that is a place where God seems to be silent. It's a place where uh, it may be unproductive or there's nothing to show for it. You might have uh, invested a lot of time, energy, and money into a business or into an investment or even into a ministry, blood, sweat, and tears, and, and put everything into that ministry, put everything into it, and today there's really nothing to show for it. What is going on? That's barrenness. Well, I, got, I got some good news for you, though. That you doesn't mean that God is mad at you. In fact, I want you to write this down. Number one, just because you are barren doesn't mean you are forsaken. Just because you are barren, just because you have an area of barrenness in your life. And we have got it as a, as a people in America. And people are saying, you know, what's going on here? And that's the problem with only hearing about the blessing and that you're the head only and not the tail. And I believe in that. But we also need to realize that you, you can be blameless as they were, walking before the Lord, perfect, blameless, but still have an area of barrenness in your life. And people get shocked and people want to know, you know, what is going on? What did I do with that? And uh, we just want to ask you, wh where is those areas that, that are in your life? Maybe, maybe it's a healing that you need. You, God is filling you with his spirit and you feel his presence daily. But for some reason, that healing hasn't come yet. 
And you've prayed and you've fasted and you've anointed with oil and, and you've sought the Lord. But for some reason, like Zacharias and Elizabeth, who have been doing it for years and years and years and years and years, and they were even past the ability to possibly conceive a child. It was impossible for them. They were, they were barren. And you may be looking at a situation today. This is what God just put on my heart today. That you are up against an impossible situation. And the fear just hits you today. Well, I want you to know, I want to remind you today that what is impossible with man is possible with God. Come on, somebody. Come on, give God praise for that. That's what this represents. That's what this season is. That's what this time of year is. So, so usually barrenness is associated with, with judgment. Barrenness is usually associated with judgment, that God is angry at you. I've talked to countless men and women of God in the hospital even over the years that have had something tragic happen to them and they sit there and they think, man, what, man I, what did I do? This is something I did. God's, you know, doing this. And that seems to be the first train of thought that we get when something goes wrong. Is I, now listen, there, there is a correction. God does discipline his children. Come on, somebody. That's in your Bible. And he says, in fact, if he does not discipline in you, then you're not one of his. So there, there is discipline there that takes place. But I'm telling you that there is also times where the sun shines on the righteous and on the wicked, and it rains on the righteous and the wicked. Sometimes the fallness nature of man in, in life just takes its toll on good people. And th th I just want to remind you today that God hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't, he, he's not leaving you. He's not angry at you. You're not, you don't have to walk in condemnation and think that you are, you are, that God is far from you. I want you to know, as Paul tells us in the scripture, that we've got this treasure in earthen vessels that even though we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. God will never leave us or forsake us. When Job went through what he went through, and you think you're having a bad year, go read the book of Job. It's not the book of Job, by the way. Guy, new convert, once told me years ago, he said, Pastor Reddy, I think God's telling me I need to get a job. I said, why? He said, he's got me reading the book of Job. I said, just keep reading, brother. <laughs> God's going to work in you more in ways than you know. <laughs> but Job, the first thing that happened uh, when Job's life began to fall apart is his spiritual friends came to him and said, it's because you got sin in your life. It's because God's mad at you. It's because you didn't do this right. Now listen, America has done a lot of things wrong. But there was a remnant of people, and I'm looking at them and speaking to them this morning, that is standing before God and is serving God as Zacharias and Elizabeth did. And I'm telling you, as Abraham said, God said, I'm going to bring judgment. Abraham said, are you going to count the innocent with the guilty? God said, I don't work like that. He said, you know the story. If you can find just ten righteous, I'll withhold my judgment all the way down to just one, and they couldn't find him. But God brought Lot and the family who were righteous out. God is not going, this isn't the judgment of God. I just want, want you to know that you don't have to walk around in condemnation. If God is dealing with you in, about an area in your life, the Holy Spirit will convict you. God doesn't just uh, discipline his children for something they have no idea what's going on. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. I just want, I want to speak to those that are Zacharias and Elizabeth, those that are making it through and you're at this place. We're 12 months into this year now. And we're like, what's going on? I want to reassure you that God hasn't forgotten you. The good work he has begun in you, he will complete it until the day where he takes you home. 
Even Job's wife came to him and said, Job, you must have done something wrong. Why don't you just curse God and die? You're cursed. Curse God and die. And Job, one of my favorite scriptures, he says to his own wife, he says, you speak like a foolish woman. Though he slay me, yet will I worship him. Let me tell you something, 2020 is a year that we as the church have to go from saying, you know, I know God is able, I know God is able to deliver me from the fiery furnace. One of the messages I love to preach is about the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they stood in the fiery furnace and they said to the king, oh, my God is able to deliver me. My God is able to save. He's able to protect me. And we need to believe that for 2020. God is able to make me come out of this thing better than I came in. But they look and they said something that is absent from many pulpits in America today. They looked at the king and said, even if God makes us leave from here and he doesn't deliver us, I'm still not going to bend a knee to doubt and unbelief and go back to the world. Even if. That's that even if faith that we need to have. And this is the kind of year that does that, kind of season that we're in. Blameless. Pastor Eddie, that's the word that I struggle with. Blameless, huh, man, because I don't have everything going on right in my life. God gives you the grace and he gives you the power to be victorious. And I want you to remind you of one of my favorite scriptures in Colossians 1.21. It says, in you who were once separated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Watch this, to present you holy and blameless. Everybody say blameless. And above reproach in his sight. Look at that. Above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast. So let's back up before we move forward. You need to know that today. Zacharias and Elizabeth was actually living and functioning under the old covenant where by their deeds and by their incense being burned and sacrificial system, that's how they was considered righteous. And they did that flawlessly, as you just read. We, however, after the death of Jesus Christ, it says it right here, through his death, he is able to take you and me and X everything and put righteous clothes on us and wash us in the blood. And we are blameless before God. Listen, above reproach, above reproach today in his sight through the death of Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to give God some praise for that today. I believe they're shouting louder at home today. Come on. Blameless by your faith in Jesus Christ. So what do you do when you're living a life of righteousness as they did? Blameless. But we got this area of barrenness. So I looked at this story. I said, God, what are you saying here? How did... How did these guys do this? And what were, what, what's the key? What are you saying here, Lord? And I begin to look at the story and look at verse 6. It says, after it says that they were, they were blameless but barren. The very next verse says, So it was that while he was serving before God. I looked at that. I said, Wait a minute. This is a man who has been trying to have a baby. And in those days, if you were barren, you were, you were marked as being in reproach and it was, you, you were talked about. 
you, you, were, you were, you know, like, man, this guy must have God's curse on their life. What is he doing going to church, still acting like everything's okay? What's he doing going to church? Don't he know that his family is dealing with this? Don't he know that he's got this going on in his life? And the devil might be speaking to you right now. Why did you go into church today? Why are you watching the service today when you got this issue going wrong? You got this issue going wrong. Let me tell you, the Bible calls the devil, he's got a nickname, and he's called the accuser of the brethren. One of the things the enemy tries to do is accuse us before God. He can also accuse God to you. He can also whisper in your ear, if, you're doing, if God is so loving, then why has he allowed you to do this? Why did he allow that loved one to pass? Why is he allowing your loved one to suffer? Why is this happening in your life? What's he trying to do? The same thing he did to Job and everybody else. But I love right here, Zechariah said, somehow he was able to push that out and still keep serving, still show up to the house of God, still start sowing, still reading, still seeking God. Verse 13 says, the angel, when it came to him, said, God has heard your prayers. Oh, so he's praying too. Look at that. So he's serving and he's praying. I'm not talking about for a couple of months. This is years of not getting a response from God. And let me just tell you this. We read this Christmas story and we think, oh man, that's awesome. The day to be living in that day and uh, to see the miracles and the angels uh, all of that, and absolutely, it would have been phenomenal to see something like that to happen. But if you study in, in, in the culture and the history of the context, they have not seen, the people of God have not seen a miracle in 400 years. It was, it's called the period of silence from Malachi to Matthew. There are 400 years of absolute nothing. We have the story of the Maccabees. We have a couple of little instances, but there was no recorded healings. That's why when Jesus healed the blind man, actually that was the first recorded person being born blind that was healed. I mean, so this wasn't like, you know, going to revivals and, you know, having these, these conferences and things that we see healings and services. God was doing nothing for 400 years. There was oppression on the people of God that served him faithfully. They, they had to go without. Uh, if you did have a child, the mortality rate was something like 60 and 70 percent where your child had that kind of a chance of not making it. I mean, it was barbaric. It was cold. It was lonely. It was hard. It was tough. And when you read through here, Mary, for instance, well, we'll look at her, 14 years old, riding on the back of a donkey, pregnant for like over 60 miles. Come on, ladies. How do you like to go for a ride like that? When we were in Israel, we took a bus from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And well, I think it was Ozzy, one of the guys pointed out, hey, guys, you know, we're complaining about this long trip, but Mary and Joseph made this pregnant on the back of a camel or a horse. I, I mean, those are the things that we just pass over and, oh, yeah, pass the eggnog, you know, what's going on? What would you get for Christmas? No, I want you to know because sometimes we, we put God in a box and we, we think him to be like this. And when things go wrong, we're, we're so quick to accuse God. Nobody had it right. Nobody had it smooth in the Bible. No one was guaranteed. Hebrews 11 says some even died never receiving the promise. I'm saying today, I'm trying to let you know that we're not alone in the struggle. You're not alone in your season of barrenness. You're not alone in, in fighting the flesh and fighting the temptation to just give up and fighting, man, what's this all for? Some of you may be fighting that right now. I want you to, here's the, here's the point of this whole thing, is that you don't allow your barrenness to change your behavior. 
That's, what's, that's what happened here. And as you go through the story, you're going to see that over and over again. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they didn't allow their barrenness to change their behavior. Yeah, they, they wished that that ministry would, would have flourished, and they thought that God was going to do something great uh, with that business. They even got, you know, prayer and dedication and had that happen in your family and your marriage, and you started off right, but here you sit by yourself or you're watching online and you're in the middle of a divorce or you're looking at your life and you're going, what's going on? i got got news for you. Just continue seeking God, serving and so and praying and believing because he's not done yet. Come on, give him at least some praise today for that. Come on, give him some praise today. By faith, God, you're going to make it work. By faith, God, you're going to make it work. Every person in the Bible and in this story, every person that you'll see in the whole Bible, especially in the Christmas story, was a person that had barrenness in their life. Don't blow it in the barren season. Come on, tell somebody that. Don't blow it in the barren season. I, there was times when I tell you what, being in ministry and it's <laughs> just life is tough, serving God. I remember when Melinda and I started our youth group, started the youth ministry, had two kids in our youth ministry. One slept the entire night. The other one was only there because mama made him come. And Melinda and I remember, we're, we're making copies, we're, we're, we're getting into the Word, man. We're, we're getting shirts made. And I tell you what, it was so cheap to get two shirts made. <laughs> Name our youth ministry. You know, we got this vision. We're going to make disciples of Christ. Come on, to the nations. Wow. Well, every Wednesday, show up. One didn't show. You got the one kid. And I tell you, I know how it is, a lump in your throat going to conferences when the smallest youth group is 25. These guys come walking in. The whole section is reserved. I'm like, who's sitting there? Oh, that's uh, so-and-so's youth. A hundred kids coming in there, packed in there. And his youth pastors. And, I, and I'm like, I can preach better than him. What's going on? <laughs> Isn't that something we do? And I'm trying, and, and I remember taking him to acquire the fire. We had 13 at one time. But I tell you what, it's so fun to go to Cedar Point with two kids. Ain't Alyssa. I mean, you get right on the rides. But if I could be real with you, there was times, so many conversations on the way home where I said, maybe we missed our calling. I mean, it doesn't seem to be working. What's his name? All he does is sleep. The other one, all he wants to talk about is girls the whole time. I did a series on dating, and he, he was like taking notes. You do a series on dating, brother, you're going to have him front and center, I'm telling you. And it helped a lot. And then I tell you what, I kept, we kept serving. We kept praying. We kept sowing. You never judge your harvest by what you see. You judge by the amount of seed you've sown. And sure enough, they started to come. We had one, I remember when Amber started coming. Is Amber here? She's always here. 13 years old, she come in there, giggly young little teenager. Had all girls, the two boys left. And I said, if, if you would have stuck around, there was girls in the youth group. See what you missed? <laughs> Sometimes you miss right before God brings something, amen. One of them came back, true story. That boy, we had a special prayer line for him, by the way. But I remember God sent us these youth, Alyssa. Is coming in. I remember Amber, she was coming in the bus. I was thinking of her on the way in today. And um, you know that you're 14, you can't wait to drive. And she, she was one time, one, we were all talking, she goes, I can't wait to get my license. I'm like, yeah, you know, can't wait to be on your own. She goes, no, I just can't wait to get my license and get my car so I can drive to church myself. Yeah. I knew that was an Elizabeth right there. 
I knew that that was Zacharias. Some things you can't teach. Some things are not taught, they're caught. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, because I can't just sit down with a wipey board and a PowerPoint to get you the anointing. I, I, I can't teach you how to get that staying power to be rooted and grounded. It's something that I can't put on a chart. Elijah said, Elisha, stick with me, and if you make it to the end, then you'll get your double portion. But some things you just don't learn through a five-hour little seminar or through a two-week class. Some things comes on your knees and praying and fasting and tarrying at the altar and seeking God and praying and worshiping when he ain't moving, when you are getting worse in your condition. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about today. Our youth ministry ended up exploding. We moved out of there, started having rallies, having over 100 kids, went to Honduras, preaching to thousands of teenagers in the public school system. Remember that Alyssa preaching the Word of God and teaching it? Many of them are still serving and faithful, watching God work in their lives. Just amazing what it is. You don't change your behavior. You don't give up that, that anointing that you need to make it through those barren seasons. Zacharias kept going and worshiping the Lord, kept seeking God. You have people in the Bible, you have Gideon. So I want to start closing with this because I want to, spend, I want to pray for some folks today. It's what the Holy Spirit, I've been, I did more praying than preparing for this one because I want to pray. He said, he's going to do something. Holy Spirit's going to do something. He done confirmed it twice. Thank you, Nathan, for your obedience. Mary, for your obedience and the gifts of the Spirit. Can he do a miracle right now on this cold, semi-cold December day in this gymnasium, wherever you're watching this service? Same thing, ask Zacharias. Can God do a miracle when you're physically unable to have a child, when you're physically unable? You'll see. He says, yep. Because <laughs> even when he don't seem like he's working, he's working. There's a man in the Bible named Gideon. Judges chapter 6, one of my favorite stories. He lost everything in his life. So he, he gave up and he went and he had a little bit of harvest there. He finally got a little blessing. Something finally went right. Last week, my truck broke down. My dishwasher went out. My mom got diagnosed. How's your week going? But you know what? This ain't nothing we ain't been through before. Devil, is that the best you got? Because I know that if I just do what this word says to do, if I would just, I, it, all I got to do is don't quit, and I win. And matter of, come on, somebody, give God praise for that. If you don't quit, you win. That's it. I know that. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Now realize that the season of barrenness prepares you for the blessing. Hear me that, hear me that. Because if, 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 if our youth group went to 50 in one week, I would not appreciate what God has done. Sitting in my office today, and I finally got an office that it don't leak when it rains. I can finally have people, officials in the township to come in and sit down and have a meeting and be able to say, hey, man, this is what God's doing. I mean, you know, but if I had all that given to me, if we don't have any, any, any barrenness in our life, you start having that entitlement mentality. When things go wrong, you automatically start accusing God. I'm telling you, God can even use the barrenness to teach us things that we couldn't learn through the blessing. Gideon, Judges chapter 6, is hiding behind the shed with his little bit, and an angel appears to him. And I love how the angel says, we're closing he says, hey, mighty man of God, 
mighty men of valor. Why? Because God sees us different than we see us. You see yourself as doing this wrong? I just read to you, in God's eyes, you are blameless. Some of you, have, you, some of you can't receive that. You are blameless. If your faith is in Christ and your heart surrendered to him, you are blameless in the eyes of God. And Gideon said, Lord, if you are so real, read it in your Bible. I love how transparent the Bible is. Gideon said, God, if you're real, then why is this going wrong? Why is that going wrong? Why have I been dealing? My whole family has been assassinated and taken out. Not sick, not lost their job. They were killed by the Midianites. Read it. The whole, his family was killed, all of them. He's all by himself. Cousins, everybody. He's all by himself. You'd think 2020 was bad. And so he's hiding behind the shed. And he says, I'm hiding behind the shed because I'm afraid that the Midianites will come take my little bit. Some of you got just a little bit of blessing in your life and you're already starting to be fearful that he's going to take that from you. That's the enemy. The angel looked at him. And instead of answering his question, instead of saying, well, this is why it's happened, Gideon. I mean, no, God never answers the questions that we ask him. Read it. I love it. Judges, this is right over. It's right over, man. He jumps right over and he says, Gideon, go in this power that you have. <laughs> Did I miss a chapter? I love reading the Bible. It's hilarious. The Bible's not boring. You're boring. If you think the Bible is boring. He says, God then wears all the miracles. And the angel says, no, but go in the power. He says, actually says, go in the power you have left. And that's what I'm going to pray for you today. We're going to finish 2020. We're going to finish 2021. We're going to go into the next year with the strength that we have left. Come on. Come on. It may not be as much as you had in January. What I love about the Spirit of God is there's so much momentum in our ministry. Remember March, the grand opening in February, where we're just like, well, and then COVID hit. But every time we get together, our, we saw it at the Trunk or Treat outreach. Every time where we saw a young man get saved, by the way, through Trunk or Treat, him and his family. So those of you that says, what's giving candy for Halloween got to do with the gospel? A family is watching today because of it. But every time we gather, I tell Steve, I said, Steve, man, after that service, did you feel the momentum? Why, the Holy Spirit isn't affected by our barrenness. He doesn't say, oh, you're running through a hard time. No, no, he doesn't run out of power. He says, but you go in the strength that you have. Go in the power you have left. Go in what God has given you, and you're going to finish strong. So those of you that are watching, those of you that are here, this is what I want to do. If you've got an area of barrenness in your life, so worship team starts coming, I want to close and I want to read this over you, but I want to pray for you as well. If you've got a, a barrenness in your life, a place where God is silent, th this is no, no easy manner to skip over Zacharias and Elizabeth, man. Could you imagine for years, years, guys, not one year, Years of not hearing from God. Look at Joseph in prison, two years. Isaac, 12. Abraham, 12. We forget this. I just want to remind you today. Hey, God hasn't left you. But listen, if you've got a barrenness in your life, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, ain't no shame in that. 
If you've got an area of barrenness in your life where God seems to be silent, you need a healing, you need him to touch. Maybe it's a relative that needs to get saved. The rest of your family is doing great, but you got a brother, you got a sister, you got that one son that's just not serving God. That's an area of barrenness. And if you can believe all things are possible, miracles are going to happen. It's going to turn, it's going to change. Just like it did in this story. An angel just appeared. Come on, close your eyes. I want your mind and your heart to go right to the barrenness. Come on, Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit right to that barrenness. Come on, some of you have children. I just see sons right now, sons. Some of you have some sons on your heart, daughters, children that are just right there, faces right now. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, invite the Holy Spirit. What did they say to Jesus at the Lazarus' tomb? They come out weeping. And Jesus, if you would have only been here earlier, then it wouldn't have happened. And Jesus said, take me to the tomb. Take me to the barrenness. Take me to that place that you're scared right now. Take me to that place that you're worried about. You're going to be alone. You're going to be sick. You're going to be this thing ain't going to work. Oh, take me there because I'm about to change it right now. Come on, take them, take them, take them. Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. Invite them. Come on, that's what you need to be saying. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, maybe just a whisper because you're like Gideon. You're so tired. You're so weak, man. God, where you been? Come on. He says, come on. Take me, take me. Jesus. First thing, those of you that are standing and watching and you're barren, I want you to, number one, God's not mad at you. So that condemnation is going to leave right now. If you're living in sin and God's disciplining you, he's going to tell you that. You repent of that. That's all he wants. It's like your child. When you discipline your child, you put him on punishment. Same thing. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about those that are righteous in his sight. You're barren. God's not mad at you. Number two, you're not alone. Look around in this room. Those online may not be able to see, but you're not alone. You got some barrenness in your life. At the end of the story, Bible says, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth, at the birth. I want to read this over you. Just listen right now, those that are barren. Isaiah 54 says, sing, O barren. Sing, O barren. Break forth into singing and cry. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married women, says the Lord. In other words, there are more that are going through worse who don't have God. But for you, enlarge the place of your tent. Come on, Zacharias. Keep serving. Keep sowing. Keep believing. Come on, Elizabeth. Keep praying. Keep sowing. Keep serving. Stretch out your curtains of your dwellings. He's saying, make room. Come on, somebody. Make room for the blessing. Make room for the blessing. Come on, somebody. Make room for the blessing. For you shall expand to the right. You shall expand to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. Come on, O barren. 
Sing to the Lord today. Come on, lift your voice and worship today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, Baron, sing to the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, healing spring forth. Healing in the name of Jesus springs forth. Come on. Hallelujah. Healing brings forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finances spring forth. You're barren in your finances this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's women. Holy Spirit said there are women who are literally barren to pray for them right now. I'm going to do that right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for the barren women that's not able to conceive, Father, and they desire and they want it, God. That is nothing for you. Father, I pray, just as you have done it all through this time of year, we are reminded that, God, you will do it. If you did it for Elizabeth and John, if you did it for their family and Zacharias, Father, you do it again. I pray for barrenness to come alive, to be fruitful in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know 2020 has left a lot of barrenness in our land. Do you know what the Holy Spirit's been telling me? Prepare for 2021. There is going to be so much restoration next year. I'm telling you. You open the windows of heaven so that we cannot even contain it. I believe that way. There's so much mental illness and mental health problems that next year we're going to have to be the church, people. We're going to have to come on, and God's going to bring fruit to those barren areas of your life. Some of you need to get on fire for God and quit playing little games. Get in your Bible. Go after God. Get on fire for Him because He needs you in 2021. Father, I pray over every barren person in the name of Jesus, and we will see fruitfulness as Zacharias and Elizabeth did, Lord. We're, going to keep, we're not going to change our behavior. We're not going to change our behavior. We're going to keep seeking you, keep sowing, keep serving, keep praying, keep believing, Father. Because that good work you have started, you will complete it. I want you to listen to this, and I'm closing. The angel said, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice with you. That's for you today. That's for you that are barren. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing, let's sing, let's sing, let's worship. Let's go out with worship today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sing, O Baron. Come on, sing, O Baron, today. Let's worship right now. Let the Spirit of God just settle right into your life. Receive this today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.